Thank you. Bless you all. Is she okay? All right. <laughs> uh, well, we're um, beginning a series uh, just for the month of July on Serve Sundays, and we're taking a break from the Sermon on the Mount. We're not done with it, but we're, uh, we'd already planned um, July to be focused on, on connecting through serving and being part of the church and um, Serve Sundays is, is all about uh, uh, finding your place to connect in um, ministry in the local body. And uh, we're just going to jump into the verse here. Uh, oh, as I was getting ready to discuss this and talk about you know, what aspect of serving and, and, and you know, what angle do I, do I approach this from, really... The question that came to mind is, well, what is a church? You know, different people have different ideas and conceptions about what a church is, and they range from all over the place. And I think it's good sometimes just to step back and ask ourselves, well, what is a church? Is it a business? You know, is that is that is that the best category that you you put a church in? Is it a club? Well, it's kind of like a club, but it's not really just a club. It's kind of like a business, it's not really just a business. This is a spiritual restaurant. And <clears throat> it was a couple of years ago, I think, that I really felt that this is actually how I think a lot of Christians functionally operate uh, in their relationship with a the church. They see it, it may be, like this church may be your favorite. You know, you have favorite restaurants. Our family is Full City. I'll plug my, my buddy. <laughs> Full City Restaurant on, on Oakland Drive out in, in Portage. I love it. It's local. Uh, and it's just great food. A little expensive, but <laughs> great burgers. You know, so, you know, but, the, you know, I go in. I, I choose what I want. And if I like it, great. If I didn't like it, you know, I maybe complain about it a little bit afterwards. You know. But I think a lot of people think of church. I mean, you wouldn't say that. But that's how you kind of relate to me as like the manager of the restaurant, maybe. You know, uh, um, different people as, as, you know, wait staff or something like that. Not, not really the fullness of what Christ intended. Uh, is it a school? Well, it has dynamics of a school. <clears throat> we educate, we train the children. There's, there's a lot of purpose, you know, you come together to learn. So there's part hospital, a clinic. Well, that's a part of church. Uh, John Arnott, the founder and, and head of our international, international association, said <clears throat> a long time ago, and says it frequently, it really made an impact on me. It says, a church should have a hospital, but it shouldn't be a hospital. And in the talk, he was, just, he was using the analogy of a church as an army. You know, we have a, we're a prophetic army that has a mission to, to conquer the world. And so any army would have a hospital. If someone gets uh, wounded or sick, you want to treat but no one wants to live, no one wants to join a hospital, you know, right? If you're in a hospital, the only thing you want is to get out of the hospital, right? And so some some churches kind of err and, and, and end up, you know, thinking that's their identity, and that's not. It's just something we do, but it's not all where we are. Uh, a theater, that's, again, a big misconception about a lot of people think, because it's kind of like this. Now, we intentionally do church in a way that it, you know, it doesn't look like a theater. 
Um, we intentionally, the way we set up church, and we like to have stage lights, but we don't go overboard. We don't make it too glitzy because we want every person in the room to feel just as important and just as vital, just a, a much a part of the service as the people on the stage. And so we, we intentionally, you know, uh, do it that way. <clears throat> but in one sense, you come in, you sit down, people have a program that goes through, and then it's done and you leave. So all, church has aspects of all these familiar places, but fundamentally it is different. And if you don't understand the fundamental difference of how it, uh, it's different than these other things, then you'll never get <laughs> you'll never get it. You never know why you need to serve. You never, you'll never get the benefit of the service. You'll never get the vision of what church is. And so I just want to share what the Bible says and what God says is the best description of what a church is supposed to be. And we find this in a lot of places, but I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 12.12 12, from the New Living Test, uh, Translation. <clears throat> it says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Boom. Really simple. Human body has lots of parts, but the many parts make up one body. It's one body made up of many parts, and that's what the body of Christ is. body of Christ is a term for the church. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to read this from the message. I'm going to read uh, more, actually, uh, a number of verses from 12 through 27, because I feel that the message, uh, Peterson, um, who translated this, Eugene Peterson, I thought did a fan, such a fantastic job taking the idea that's presented in the in the text and and writing it in a way that just it's just it, he does it great. So I'm just going to read this uh, instead of trying to put it in my own words as part of the sermon. So follow along. It's a longer part, but I think it works. <clears throat> it says same verse, but the following verses after it. You can easily. Uh, enough see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of His one Spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to independently call our own shots, but then we entered into a large and integrated life in which He has the final say in everything. This is what we proclaimed in word and action when we were baptized. <clears throat> goes on. Each of us is now a part of His resurrection body, refreshed and sustained at one fountain, His Spirit, where we all come to drink. The old labels we once used to identify ourselves, labels like Jew or Greek, slave or free, are no longer useful. We need something larger, more comprehensive. I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. <clears throat> it's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. Oops. If the foot said, I'm not elegant like hand, embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to this body, would that make it so? If ear said, I'm not beautiful like eye, limpid and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head. I don't deserve a place on the head. <laughs> would you want to remove it from the body? <laughs> 
If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. But I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. Uh, No matter how significant you are, it's only because of what you are a part of. An enormous eye or gigantic hand wouldn't be a body, but a monster. Can you imagine that? (laughs) What we have is one body with many parts, each its proper size and in its proper place. No part is important on its own. Can you imagine eye telling hand, get lost, I don't need you. Or hand telling foot, you're fired. Your job has been phased out. As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. The lower the part, the more basic uh, and therefore necessary. We can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. When it's uh, part of your own body you're concerned with, it makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed, higher or lower. You give it dignity and honor just as it is without comparison. If anything, you have more concern for the lower parts than the higher. If you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer good digestion to full-bodied hair? Some people would debate that. (laughs) Okay. So the way God designed... This is a key, key verse. The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Now, this passage includes, it's addressing the whole church universal. So, like Jesus loves Kalamazoo is the church Kalamazoo. You know, all the churches in the Kalamazoo region region working together. And we're all doing part of it to make this great event happen. Uh, And then there's uh, the bigger church, the church worldwide. We're part of a network that's worldwide, but that network is joined with other networks. And we're all part of the church. Um, and, and it goes the other way. As a local church, uh, we're part of this congregation. And so this, this verse is addressing both the, the macro and the micro aspects of it, it on, on all scales. And God designs our body as a model for understanding our lives together as a church. It's done it again. It's working good up till now. Every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. That's who you are. You must never forget this. You're only... Uh, only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. So it's in being part of a congregation, of a body, and fulfilling your role that it brings significance and importance. So we have a little video that illustrates this point. Actually, has sound. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
Boom. You are the body of Christ. Yeah. Are you living your part? So as an illustration, this clicker is part of this presentation. If it doesn't do what it's supposed to, we can't move on. And we all suffer. Ephesians 4.15 uh, through 16, here's Paul addressing another congregation. The first one was written to the church in Corinth. Uh, and now he's writing to a church in Ephesus uh, and uh, discussing the same idea. And I'm just going to read two verses. It says, Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. This is just a vision of what Christ uh, expects of the church and what God intends for the church to be. Uh, Paul, like I said, is writing to the church in Ephesus. And the church in Ephesus ended up being a very large church. Uh, Most scholars believe it attained at least a congregation of 30,000. It was pastored by Timothy of the book of Timothy. When Paul wrote to Timothy, Timothy was pastoring the church in Ephesus. They think, we don't have proof, that the Apostle John actually spent his later years in Ephesus attending Timothy's church. How would you like to preach and have the Apostle John sitting in the first row? <laughs> I can't wait to talk to Timothy. What was that like? So I fall asleep every Sunday. No. <laughs> Who knows? It doesn't matter what size the church here is. This is the point I'm getting to. It doesn't matter the size of the church. Because there's, there's many things that are constant, that, that are similar. In fact, Kathy and I went down and visited a, a church that's just kind of getting going. They've actually been around, they've been a church for four years. But they only had 12 people. And I was like, wow, tw- four years into it. And this husband and wife team, they're, they're plugging away. They had 12 people. And guess what their biggest challenge was? With 12 people. Children's ministry. What are they going to do with kids' ministry? How can they get somebody to take care of it? That was their biggest thing. It was the thing that was keeping them from growing. Um, we're a church about 250. <clears throat> Between 250 and 300, depending on how you count up. Guess what one of our biggest challenges is? Getting people to, getting people to do it. Having kids' ministry. Good, 
excellent so that the kids get something out of it, so that the parents can come and receive, especially parents that you know, have never been in church, their kids don't know how to behave in church. They need to receive something from God. So having the good and getting, getting people to, to minister in that area, it is just a challenge. I was at a church a few years ago that had 12,000 members. 12,000! Okay? Definitely a megachurch. Uh, the pastor got up and did this plea for children's workers. <laughs> you could tell he was a little bit. He was like, just, he said, just take a minute and look around. I mean, it's this giant room with just thousands of people. He says, look at all these people. You'd think we'd be able to get enough people to do kids' ministry. You could tell he, he was a little unnerved by it. And I completely related, <laughs> right? I realize there, it just doesn't matter the size. All right, it doesn't. It really doesn't, because they have the same needs. I have friends that pastor churches of every size church, but it really impresses me when I get together with the with the buddies of mine that pastor large churches, churches of two thousand around two thousand or up. And when we talk, the only real difference is where the decimal point is. All of the challenges are really the same. A church of two thousand versus a church of two hundred is just a matter of the decimal point. And that's, you know, the, the reason that is, is because we're all churches. It, it's, just, it's just what church is, all right? We face the same challenges. And it doesn't even matter if it's, it's American or... I talked to Mitko when he's here. He pastors in Bulgaria, a dirt poor country. He has the same challenges, same things uh, that he deals with. And I love it. I love it because that is the expression of the body of Christ, even those challenges is part of what I love. You know, even though they're stressful and they're difficult, that's part of life as a church. That's part of the mystery that Jesus chose. God in His uh, plan, it's, it's the, the manifold wisdom of God is made known to principalities and powers through the church. Really? Yeah! Through finding people to do kids' ministry and, and pick up donuts for intersection and, and, and <clears throat> you know, shovel the snow. Yeah, the manifold wisdom of God is made known to principality, to the, the heavenly realms uh, through the church. And it's, it's, it's part of that package. Uh, I believe that this verse <clears throat> gives us the answer to every challenge a church uh, faces. Can you turn that off? Um, the verse in Ephesians really gives us the, the, the key answer. Whether the challenge is financial or children's workers or seeing more salvations, raising up leaders, being active in the community, whatever challenge a church has, the answer that, to that challenge is found in this verse. We don't have to, bless you, we don't have to come up uh, with some new solution. God's already given us the solution. And this is the temptation. We think we need to come up with a different solution. We think we need to create a different answer, but we don't. We just have to apply what God's clearly uh, told us. I'm going to kind of share how I see this fits. Uh, so verse 15 said, Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way to be more like Christ, who is the head of His body, the church. So speaking the truth in love. There's, uh, what that means is that we don't compromise truth. We just communicate and demonstrate it in love. Uh, the, the, the answer to any sticking point, uh, or the, uh, if there's a difficulty in church, it, the solution is not to compromise in speaking what, 
God has communicated in Scripture. We don't have to water down Scripture. We don't have to change how, how, uh, what we believe about what God says, uh, unless what we believe is wrong. We, we just need to stick to what is true and communicate it in a way that's loving. <clears throat> so uh, communicating the truth in love, growing uh, in every way, that's the goal. You know, the Scripture tells us clearly that growing is part of the, the purpose of the goal. When all of the things uh, are functioning, we should expect to grow in every way. So that means numerically, as well as spiritually, as well as in maturity, uh, we're growing in every way. And then more like Christ, the Bible defines what spiritual maturity is. Define, it tells us what that means. What does it mean to grow in maturity? To be more Christ-like. Um, it's not something, again, that we have to come up with an answer. It's learning how to live. The only thing that we have to do is come up with an understanding of what that looks like in our setting, in our culture. How, you know, how can we best represent, represent Jesus in our day, in our community? And then verse 16 he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So this is how uh, the, the answer to all of our challenges are met is when everybody is healthy, everybody's doing their part. Uh, I love how it's put in Ephesians or in the New King James Version. It says, From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effect of working by which every part does its share, causes growth for the body, uh, for the edifying of itself in love. So this, this idea is that <clears throat> according uh, by what every joint supplies, uh, that we as individuals in the church, when we're joined and knit together, and the actual joining and knitting together is accomplished by what you supply and what you do. All right? That's how you're joined. Uh, uh, and if you're not supplying, giving what you have, and that, that includes financially supporting, it includes uh, you know, time, talent, treasure. Putting in your time, putting in your talents, putting in your treasure, you, that you're bringing your share and the effect of working by which each part does. So it's giving and doing. All right? So what can you do? It's not one or the other. It can't be just one or the other. You can't just go down, flip down some money and say, I did my part. Because that's a business model. And the church isn't a business. Hey, I paid for this. Give me what I paid for. Sorry, it, it doesn't work. Uh, it's, not, it's not what church is meant to be. Well, then I'm not going to pay anything. Well, I'll just serve in children's ministry. No, that doesn't get it either. Because you're missing what, uh, what it is. You're missing the whole point. <laughs> you know? Does that make sense? Uh, if you don't have both of them combined, you're the one that's missing out. And this is one of the things you kind of struggle with is that, well, do you present serving in the church as something that benefits the individual? In other words, do you present the whole thing as, hey, this is best for you? That kind of sounds selfish orient, uh, motivate. You know, is that the motivation is selfish? You know, so you can get something out of it? Or do you present uh, serving in the church as an obligation that you have to do it because God commands it? 
and you know you're you're supposed to do it, and if you don't do it, then you're let, you're you know you're you're uh, not in obedience, and, and and that's not a good motivation. That's fear, and fear is a horrible motivator, uh, you know. And you go, well, which one? The fact is, is that the Bible actually presents it as, hey, this is best for you. The Bible, just in the same way that uh, the Bible talks about giving. It says, if you give the way I tell you to give financially, I'm going to open up heaven. You, can't, you won't be able to handle all the stuff that gets poured out on you. And so there really is a... I mean, God's not a, ashamed or afraid to say, this is best for you. And why you need to do it is because this is how you get knit together. Now, it's also what's best for the whole church and for everyone around you. Because when, when you are in the place where you're getting out of church and you're getting out of your relationship with God, what you need to get, then you're going to be in a place where you can bless others and be a blessing to others. And so that's going to help them in their relationship and their walk with Christ. Does that make sense? And so even the Bible says it's good for you. Now, let, let's look at this body illustration kind of from the negative perspective. What about injury uh, you know, and disease? Injury and disease in a natural body, is exactly when parts are not joined or knit together properly. Ever have a joint out of place? <laughs> yeah, it's painful. All right? And that's, that's an injury. Uh, or are not effectively working or doing its share. If you have an organ that's not working right, it's not doing what it's supposed to, that's sickness. And so the result is pain and sickness, weakness, disability. And when that happens in the natural, you intervene. You go to the doctor. You, 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 uh, you get some medicine. You do whatever it takes to get that part back in place and get that or, uh, whatever's broke fixed. If it becomes serious and spreading, it may need to, uh, uh, something more drastic. You may need to have surgery, right? You may have a tumor removed because it's some drastic problem. Well, <clears throat> the same thing is true in the spirit. As members, uh, if one is uh, not joined or knit together in the proper way, it's like a joint out of place. The body can't do what, it's, what it needs to do. It causes pain and it causes disability. We can't function. As an individual part, you can't function accurately. And then as a whole church, you can't function accurately. And I, I thought of earlier that, you know, I... It would be amazing to, to have a spiritual vision of what a church actually looks like if we take this comparison, okay, this a- analogy, and if we were able to see New Day Community Church in a spiritual version, you know, we might think, you know, we're pretty cool. We got we got everything: ch- children's ministry, Sunday morning preaching, you know, worship, and you know, we're looking pretty good. Things are in place, <coughs> but. From a spiritual perspective, if we really saw all the parts that were out of place or not connected right or not functioning right and the disability, you know, and the twisted, you know, you know, if we saw ourselves, we think we're normal. Does this make sense? Yeah. We got a better laugh at first service. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. When you come to New Day Community Church, we're really great. <laughs> no, I think I'll go to the Valley. <laughs> Just joking. I love Valley. <laughs> so, you know, again, I'm, I'm asking, 
what's our perception versus the reality in the spirit realm? And actually, to be quite frank, I think there's a lot of us that are not joined up in a way that you're functioning at 100% capacity. And that limits the ability of the church. It really does. So all of us, and I see kind of the big picture where we try to have to make this work with whatever we have, and it's difficult times because people, you know, have the self-imposed limits. And then other limits. We understand. We try to make it as easy as possible. But I want you to see the vision that Jesus presents of what church is supposed to be. This is the, 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 uh, the institution or uh, the organism, really, that has changed the world. And it is the means through which Jesus has chosen to uh, reveal the manifold wisdom of God. It's through this thing called church. And it's beautiful, um, but we need to understand it properly. <clears throat> okay, so our part... Uh, when, when, when one part's out of joint or injured, the other parts of the body have to compensate, and often they become strained or injured. You ever have that? You're compensating for a, a, a bad foot, and then your whole other leg gets, starts hurting because it's compensating. Well, that happens in the church when people have to supply. Or if, uh, <clears throat> if an organ is not working effectively, it causes sickness throughout the whole body. If, if my pancreas stops working and doesn't produce insulin, every single cell of my body is weakened. Every single, just because that one little organ is not putting out one little chemical in the right proportion. That means my whole body is weakened, and if that treated, I can die from it. Well, the same is true. If you're part of New Day and you do not contribute your share and effectively do the work that you can do, then the whole church is going to suffer in some way. It's just, it's just the way it is. Um, that's, it wasn't my idea. All right? That's, it's, and it's a beautiful idea because in that, as, 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 uh, as Paul described in Corinthians, and, and the message, I think, really captures it, it puts us in a place that our role really becomes more important than anything we could be individually. But it also puts us in a place where we're humbled and that we're, no matter how important we think we are, we're totally dependent. Even my brain, you know. My brain is the most important part of my body. Everything else is dependent on my brain in order to function. Yeah, but brain, if you don't have the stomach and the digestive system, you're going to die. If you don't have the heart, you will die in, in minutes. You know, if you don't have the lungs, you will die in seconds. Right? <clears throat> so every part, there's not one part that's more important. Well, that's the way it is in the church. It says, and when everyone is joined and working together, it causes growth for the body of the edifying itself. So this is the goal, to see this fulfilled <clears throat> in our church, is that every individual joined and working together. I really am praying and believing for 100% uh, joined, knit together, effectively working, causing growth. 100%. Everybody that comes in here and, you know, you know if they're a guest, obviously the first few times they're not going to be serving, but that's one of the first things we, we try to do is get them plugged in in some way that they can serve. Why? Because it's when working together with someone that you develop relationships and you get knit in and then they find their opportunity where they can serve and their ministry gives. Listen, if every adult and older teen serves, then we would have far more uh, than enough to fill every need with uh, everyone having at least 
uh, half the Sundays where you just come and receive, and possibly two-thirds of the Sundays, okay? If everybody was serving, we would never have to be making phone calls to find someone to cover children's church, okay? But we have to make phone calls to cover children's church frequently because there's not enough people. We can't offer a class, even though we remodel the classroom, uh, and we need, have enough kids, and it would be better for the kids to have this extra class because it's, we just don't have the people. Uh, but we have the people. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we have enough people. We just don't have people with the vision of what the body is based on Scripture. Their vision, there's none of you here, is more like the restaurant where you come and you pick something off the menu, and I'll do that. Thank you very much. And could you, could you have it a little warmer next time? Actually, you guys never claim it's too warm. <laughs> Inside joke. <laughs> so listen, this is really easy. What's really exciting is that we, Tori spent hours and hours and hours and weeks and weeks and weeks, months actually, figuring out exactly how many people we need. And you know what? It's exactly the number of people we have. Yeah. <laughs> Big surprise. <laughs> All right? Um, so that you don't even have to serve. And this is by every other Sunday. That's one service. Every, not both services. Yeah. So you, you can still come to one service and go to the other. You know, so we have one reason why we have two services. You can serve in the first service and just a 10-second service. Okay? And if we actually get everybody... Some people, and many people, would only have to serve every third Sunday. And so the goal <clears throat> is that every member serve every other Sunday, or the equivalent. Okay, so every person, and again, uh, some people, well, I'm not a member. Well, there's, there's roles that you can play, even if you're not a member, and becoming a member is, like, super easy here. It's just like, I'm not going to kill the pastor. Okay. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Just, just about. It's two steps, maybe more. <laughs> um, so, so the goal is every member serve every other Sunday. What's the goal? Every member serve every other Sunday. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Every member serve every other Sunday. Let's change that to everyone. Everyone serve how often? Every other Okay, from the back row? Every other All right, so everyone serve. Why? Because... Because that's how you get the most out of church. And that's how we get the most from you being in the church. So Serve Sundays is about filling the volunteer needs uh, to make Sunday service function. It really is about Sunday morning. Okay? And I talk to pastors all over the place. I'm like, you've got to realize it really is about Sunday morning. And everything else kind of is built from that. Um, why just Sunday? There are a lot of other things we do throughout the week. But Sunday is our primary ministry. It's what uh, steers the boat, if you will. And it's the most likely uh, time when someone's going to come and experience what we are and possibly join us uh, if they fit with our vision and, and they like what they see. It's the main service of the church, which is Jesus' strategy to communicate the gospel to the world. I didn't come up with that. Jesus did, and we've been doing it for 2,000 years. And I don't care what anybody says and what book they write, Jesus is going to keep using the church until he comes back. All right? And it looks different in different places. It can be in a house. It can be in a building like this. Or it can be in a giant auditorium. It doesn't matter. It's all church. <clears throat> uh, without Sunday service, the rest of the day's function would quickly cease to be. Uh, if we stop doing Sunday morning, it all falls apart. 
Why? Because this is, this is the gathering. This is the celebration. So it's really time for all hands on deck. Tori's going to, uh, we have a handout. Yeah, handout, hand this out and uh, explain this real quickly. Yeah, so we've got this packet um, for, I think there's enough for every adult. You might have to go down to one per family. But um, I just want to explain it really quick. There's three things in it. Descriptions of all of the Sunday morning teams other serve opportunities, and frequently asked questions. So um, in the past, the way we've done serve Sundays, and you'll see next week, in the next few weeks, it's going to look a little different. In the past, we've had tables set up like life group signups, and so if you want to find out about one ministry, you go over here and see just that, or another ministry over here, and that doesn't really communicate like we're one body. We all need each other to make this happen, and so we're putting all the information together. Um, so as you look through this, you'll see there's all of the different ministries that are needed, and there's the, like, the, like, so here's children's ministry and the leaders, Mark Morris, and like, when's the training date? What's the vision? What are the different roles that need to be filled? And then also, like, um, Pastor Cam was saying, I figured out how many, uh, all of the leaders actually, we worked together to find out how many people we need minimum to do a good job, to fill all of the needs every, every other week. How many individual people do we need? Uh, so for children's ministry, the minimum team size is 26 people. Um, and then I was like, well, on top of that, so, so say we want to do this absolute excellent job. What would the optimal team size be? So we have that in there, too. And I tallied up all the numbers, and the minimum team size, we have way more than that. Like if every team had its minimum, the amount of adults and older teenagers that we have coming to New Day, way over that. We actually have enough adults and older teenagers to fill the optimal team roles for everyone. If people were only serving in one place. And, I mean, I don't know how many people serve on, like, three or four or even five different places right now. It's just, like, I was thinking about that. It's the overcompensating is the going on right now. So that, then that leads to burnout, right? So if we all do our part, then everybody's going to grow, and we're just going to skyrocket and do the, what the mission that God has called us to do with such excellence. So uh, we'll be explaining that more. Sign-ups will start the next next week and go for two more weeks. And I'm really excited about it. So read this over. Pray about it. Ask God, where do you want me to be? You're welcome to serve in more than one place. But we have enough people. We hopefully won't have to make that be like a requirement. So, yeah. Yeah, the minimum number of people we need on a Sunday. Uh, a minimum number of people so that, that you would only have to serve every other week. And all the teams would be filled is only 127 people. Okay, that's every other week. Right, for both services, 127 fills all all the minimum, and then the and the optimum if we had 165, we have. We have yeah between 160 and 180 adults, <clears throat> so we have more than enough <clears throat> for the optimum number. Um, and, and so this is so obtainable, but if, if we don't communicate the vision right on this, you're going to either walk out saying, oh, they, they want me to do, they need me to do kids ministry, you know, and I'm like, would you please listen to Jesus? Just, just please on this and, and get the vision that when we all are joined and doing our share, then the church can be what it's called to be, and this is this is the, the this is how we become the most of who we are. And you know what? If you're like, 
I just think that the best attitude is to say, use me wherever you need me. You know, isn't, to me, that's what Jesus would... I mean, when the disciples were arguing about who's going to be sitting at his right hand, right? Remember that story? And you go, those idiots. Okay, that same dynamic happens when, when it's like, uh, do I have to serve in children's ministry? I'm serious, right? Um, it's like, well, where do you need me most? And so what we've decided is that we're, we're going to have, the way you're going to sign up is you're all going to be have a, given a card, and you're going to take that card, and you're going to stick it in the position that you would like to serve. <clears throat> and if the positions that you would like to serve are filled up, then you'll stick it somewhere else. And if you choose not to stick it anywhere, then you're telling us, hey, just put me wherever you want me to serve. Okay. And we will honor that. Right. Or you could just come up and say, hey, just put me wherever. I love that. I had someone do that a couple of years ago. It was on Surf Sunday. He came up and said, where do you want me to serve? Just name it. I said, this is where I and he's been doing it ever since, doing a great job. You know, that's, that shouldn't be the exception. And I'm challenging you because it's for your benefit and it's for our benefit. And as we do this, then the capacity of the church grows. And God can do more through us. Uh, and that's what it's all about. Amen? All right, you have a few announcements and uh, we'll finish Yeah. Up. Woohoo! All right, thank you, Pastor Cameron. That was great. So just a minute, we're going to be taking the offering. But before that, I want to highlight in front of you in the chair pockets, there's a nifty little connection card. And that's what you can use to stay um, in communication with us. Read over that. There's a bunch of different ways you can connect with us. If you've been coming um, and you haven't actually ever turned that in, you can take that back to the connection counter. And uh, we have a gift for you. Or if you've been coming regularly and you don't remember if you filled that out, there's a little spot that you can mark. Hey, I'm a regular attender here. You can go ahead and let us know on that card. Put it in the offering basket when it goes around. All right, I have a really exciting announcement. Last week, the New Day Youth had a bake sale, and they said they needed $4,000. All 4000 has come in, praise the Lord, in one week. All right, all right, yeah, and over a thousand, I think about a thousand came in for the bake sale, and then other ways the money came in, so wow, that was just really exciting. Yeah, so in the bulletin, there's a lot of other important information. Please go and check that out. All the details you need for Jesus Loves Kalamazoo are right here in the bottom on the back page. So go ahead and read that over. Speaking of Jesus Loves Kalamazoo, Kathy Spaulding has some um, great things for us to share. And I'm going to pray for the offering while she comes forward. Uh, God, you are so good. We praise you and lift your name on high. Father, I just pray that you would bless as you have done so faithfully this year. Um, our finances here at the church.